As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is the Athletic Hockey Show Prospect Series. Hey everybody, Max Boltman here alongside Corey Prongman and Chris Peters of Flow Hockey back with another episode of the Athletic Hockey Show's Prospect Series, our World Junior Preview episode for the tournament. It's going to get rolling here uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, the pre- pre-tournament game's underway, but Team USA has completed theirs. And Chris Peters, uh, Team USA cruised th- through a couple of, of games against some of the better competition that you usually see in, in these pre-tournament games. They, they roll past Sweden and Finland. Uh, what stood out to you in Team USA's pre-tournament run? Did it change how you're looking at this team going into the tournament at all? Um, You know, I don't think it necessarily changed how I was looking at the team. Uh, you know, I, I think that you definitely want to take pre-tournament results with a grain of salt. Um, everybody's kind of getting their everything figured out. There's a lot of things that are disjointed, but I think what what the the two that the USA played showed was that you know a team that's kind of formulating their identity and a team that's that's kind of knows how they want to play. And you know we we've talked a lot about the fact that they're not going to have a very big blue line, but they need to move pucks effectively. They need to jump in the play offensively. You know guys like Ryan Ufko really stood out and, and managed to you know, make plays. He started playing on their second power play. 
Lane Hudson was really active and engaged. Luke Hughes had a goal against Sweden. So the defense is actually going to be a big part of the offense for this team. And I think that we knew that going in, but it was to see it in practice. You say, okay, well, maybe maybe this has a chance to work. Um, you know, it's there's still a lot to be figured out. You know, I think that the goaltending situation is probably largely settled with um with Caden and Barico looking like the favorite to start, but you know, Trey Augustine had an okay game against Finland. A couple of get the goals that he gave up, not amazing. Um, you know, so I think that 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 you know it's kind of crystallized a little bit. The other thing that I think is important to note is as I look at this US roster and I look at top line, second line, third line, fourth line, the drop-off between from the top line to everybody else is pretty significant. And so that is going to be a, a situation where if a team is able to focus on Logan Cooley, Cutter Goche, and Jimmy Snuggerud and have a chance to slow them down, those other lines are going to have to find a way to step up. Now, they did that in these these pre-tournament games, you know, where, where Charlie Stramel had a couple of goals. Kenny Connors had a goal. So they're getting goals from the depth of their lineup. Um, but but it just goes to show, like, you know, if that top line isn't going in a certain certain way, um, you know, where where necessarily are the goals going to come from when the games are tougher? Because I think that even though USA scored 10 goals over two games, I'm not taking for granted for for on their behalf that that's going to be the way it's going to work the rest of the tournament. So, uh, but but overall, I think it was a very impressive showing. I think that they you know started clicking and they I thought they were much better against Sweden than they were against Finland the night before the couple of days before. I think you always prefer the wins over the losses, but I, I Chris and I have watched enough of these to know that the pre-tournament is always not a, not always a predictor of how the actual tournament is going to go where the compete level is amped up five levels and then in the medal round where it's amped up 20 levels so you want to be a little bit careful you know i think i can look i think of a team usa example from a few years ago where the pre-tournament uh alex turcott and, and cole caulfield and in when they when the tournament was in the Czech republic were just lights out in in the pre-tournament and then the real tournament started and they can barely get on the ice i, I think especially you can go to kind of go the other way too with you know your, your stars are they turning it on uh, when the, when the lights are bright, as kind of Chris alludes, the, the compete ramps up. So it is interesting. I I do want to key in on a couple of guys though, Chris, with you. The first of whom, Luke Hughes. I mean, I think he's going to be the focal point for Team USA throughout this tournament. Uh, where where are you where are you seeing out of him and and where his game's at right now? Yeah, I mean, he is to me. He is the most important player for Team USA. I mean, Logan Cooley is going to be a really important guy, but there's nobody that's more important than Luke Hughes. He's going to play on the power play. He's going to play on the PK. He's going to play. All situations, big time minutes, he is going to get them. Um, he can take a shift over. He can change the game in, in one shift as well. As we saw, you know, he 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 jumped up into a play and he's got such subtle burst in his skating, all of a sudden, you know, you don't even notice that he's 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 by everybody. Um, it doesn't look like it's all that difficult for him to do. Um, in terms of how you know, he's one of those guys where I think, you know, he was trying a few things throughout the game, you know, puck management every now and again can, yeah. can bite him. Uh, His game was a bit of an adventure, but for both yeah, for exactly. Good, for, exactly. For good and bad. For good and bad. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, is that, you know, basically this U.S. team has to be really crisp coming out of their zone. And that's something that Luke Hughes, when he's on his game, is going to do really well. Um, and then he's also going to be very involved in the offensive elements of the game. But the thing is, is he is USA's biggest defenseman. He's going to have to defend. He's going to have to be uh, strong. He's going to have to make sure that he's you know engaged physically as well. Um, and he's got to stay healthy. Uh, you know, that was uh, obviously he got hurt and the quarterfinal went completely south on the U.S. when they didn't have their number one defenseman. So um, he is a hugely important piece for this team. He's the captain. He is a guy that I think is is going to be 
I mean, you know, I'm sure he'll play 26, 27 minutes in a lot of these games and and maybe more in some of the, the more important ones. So this is going to be a great showcase for for the full complement of what Luke Hughes is capable of. And he's their best offensive defenseman. But he's, I think, like you said, he is their best defensive defenseman too. Like I don't think in the NHL that's, that's going to be his role. I think his, his role is going to be more offensively driven. But you saw like a couple of times in those Sweden-Finland games where you thought – one of those forwards might have had a step and it was turning into a dangerous rush. And then with, with his feet, he just he closes that distance, gets the puck back, and, and everything's good. And, you know, Chris made the point, like, this is a, a Team USA team that is going to need to rely on on the, the back end for, for a lot of their production. I, you know, I, I think the seeing some depth scoring in the pre-tournament games probably reassuring. But you do, you do think by the end of the, the tournament here, you know, Team USA's defensemen are going to have been, a, if if it's a successful tournament, they're going to have been a big factor uh, in the offense. Chris, are you surprised that one of the defensemen who's probably having the best, one of, if not the best uh, freshman season from a production standpoint, Lane Hudson, is not consistently on that power play? It looked like he was kind of rotating in with Ufko on the second power play. Yeah, I think I think the worst thing that happened to Lane Hudson is Ryan Ufko played really well when in his shifts, and you know, so like you know, but I, it is it is surprising because I think that Lane is one of the better playmakers on the team, forward or defenseman. Um, you know, so I think that that's that's that is surprising. I think Ufko probably gives you a little bit more of a shot threat from the back end than than Lane does. Um, but aside from that. You know, it is going to be, I, I know a lot of Canadians fans because they were hopping in my mentions throughout that first two pre-tournament games are, are concerned about usage and things like that. But all I can say is that Lane Hudson is as valuable at five on five as any defenseman that they have just because he is going to be able to uh, get pucks up the ice. He made a lot of nice plays, a lot of pucks to the interior. Um, the fact that he's not on the power play is surprising, but, you know, I think Ufko he had Ufko was their leading scorer in the pre-tournament, which again, it's pre-tournament. You don't want to, I don't think that'll be a trend that continues, but he was very effective in the top of the point um, on the second power play. Don't, don't think it's permanent either. I mean, that's the thing is adjustments sure. have to happen at the world juniors. If something isn't working, you don't get a lot of time to work it out. And, and the nice thing is, is that they have pretty much every defenseman that they have you could put on a power play and would be on a power play in a lot of different situations, you know, but, but, you know, the Luke Hughes, when it's Luke Hughes, then, you know, I think Ufko is certainly going to be the surprise guy for a lot of people. It certainly was for me to see him in that role. Um, but yeah, ultimately I think he'll be fine. I mean, you look at that second power play unit and the question is like, okay, well, let's just say I take out Ufko for a second because you could have that debate if you want. Okay. Well, who else we're going to take? Well, on, on the one flank, you got Jimmy Snuggerud, who's a top five goal and point scorer in, in college hockey right now. The other flank, you have Jackson Blake, who doesn't have that kind of production, but probably has looked better than Snuggerud has through the first two games. And look, I thought he was one of their best players in the game against Sweden. So I mean, it's it's a lot of options, and and you know, he's, I, I they obviously know what they have in Hudson, and yeah, and uh, if if one of those guys aren't going, I'm sure he'll get an opportunity at some point. Yeah, for sure. Last thing I want to get to on Team USA here, Chris, is Cutter Gauthier. What have you thought of his play so far? Does uh, he look like a guy who Team USA will be able to really lean on? I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, was he was he spectacular in the pre-tournament? I don't necessarily think that was the case. He did score against Sweden, um, and I, I thought that you know he was he he did all the things that you expect Cutter Gauthier to do, where he's you know he's getting physical, he's getting the goal scoring ability going, he's got he's he's getting a lot of shots. He is on the first power play on the opposite flank of Cooley. 
Um, so they obviously want to get him engaged on the power play a little bit more. Um, basically, I think that that entire top line with Gauthier, Cooley, and, and Snuggerud, you know, they have a, the, the potential to be, you know, one of the more dynamic U.S. lines in recent memory. Now, they are on the younger side, um, but they have that chemistry that's already built in from the previous season. And and the thing is, is that Cooley plays at such a, an incredible pace that you have to find guys that can keep up with him. And Gauthier and Snuggerud can't. And that's a really great thing. And and I know, you know, if you're a Flyers fan and you're saying, well, uh, they drafted Cutter Goche to be a center. The, the fact of the matter is, is he's got that built-in chemistry already with those two guys. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And and he, he is he is going to be a center long term. But at this for this particular tournament and on this particular team, they desperately need him to be a goal scoring threat with Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snuggerud and make that top line more dynamic. And I think he does accomplish that. You look at Team Canada. You have Adam Fantilli playing the wing to Logan Stankov in center. You would yeah. got to imagine when that when the when they're pro. That's probably the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's such a bad thing either to to have a guy flexed out to the wing for a tournament. You know, whether it's going to make a big impact on their career one way or another, I'm I'm skeptical. But uh, it does give you like like you said, kind of that chance to to focus on the offense. And I think you know if, if Cutter Gochi comes back from this tournament and he's had a really productive uh, couple of weeks. I, Philadelphia fans are going to be thrilled about that. Oh, absolutely. And with the program, like those two would like interchange on the face-off still and stuff like that. Like there's – and if if for some reason Lucius isn't going, they have that option. You know, we'll see how the rest of the tournament goes. And, and kind of like Chris said, like also like, you know, Gochi's been playing center all season at BC and doing it very well. So I don't have a concern about that. Moving into Canada real quick here, Corey, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, Canada, we expect to be the best team at this tournament. In their pre-tournament games, obviously, they, they blow out uh, Slovakia and, and Switzerland. And I think you're seeing probably what you want to be seeing on the whole from, from the big names on this team. But what do you take away from, from what you've seen from Canada so far? Is it just that they are who we thought they were or something else? Uh, just a couple of minor things. Again, you don't want to extrapolate too much from a pre-tournament game against Switzerland and even Slovakia. Even though we think they'll have a chance to be a good team at this tournament. They didn't look good versus Canada. Barely got the 10 shots on goal. The one goal they scored was an own goal um, by Shane Wright on, on Van Goudreau. A uh, couple of things I took away. That third line, that all-Q line, Nathan Gauthier between Joshua and Zach Dean has looked very strong for the first two games. Uh, consistent impact from those guys. Um, in the first game versus Switzerland, I thought that top line, Shane Wright, in between Connor Bedard and Brent Offman were excellent. They were rolling Wright and, and Bedard in particular were creating a lot really consistently. And the second line of Logan Stankov between Anna Fantilli and Dylan Genther I thought was rather quiet. In the second game against Slovakia, I thought that was reversed. The first line I thought didn't really do that much on a consistent basis, even though there was a, you know, one or two around that line. And whereas I thought the Stankoven line was flying, Stankoven and, and Fantilli especially were creating a lot. That was one of the best games I've seen Fantilli play all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, on the blue line, I thought, you know, game versus Switzerland, what I thought was interesting is that Brian Clark kind of struggled. Um, but in the game versus Slovakia, you could argue he was the best player on the ice and, and really created a lot. So, And obviously a lot of really good players in between. I think not to be surprised on those, in those kind of games, all the players in Team Canada played well to some extent. Um, and got good cold tending as well in the limited amount of scoring chances they saw. How reassured are you by the, I mean, obviously you mentioned the own goal. That means they didn't give up a goal to the opposition in, in the two games. I mean, <laughs> are you reassured by this at all? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think with the Canadian goaltenders, they just got to actively not hurt their team, given what they're going to have in front of them. 
as long as they don't let in the bad goal, the goals that flying over the shoulder or the unscreen or something like that. Like those, if they keep those out of the net, this team will have success. I mean, I guess big picture here for, for both of you guys. Like, are we looking at the two teams we just talked about? Are they the two top favorites going into this tournament as things stand? Yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, they're the odds on favorite to be playing on January 5th in the, in the gold medal game. It doesn't mean they will be. Uh, things things uh, don't always go as planned in the World Juniors in a single elimination tournament. And, you know, like, I mean, the U.S. just, you know, convincingly beats Sweden and Finland. But I've seen many times where a team beats somebody convincingly in the pre-tournament and then the real games happen and it doesn't go that way precisely. Uh, but I think... I think these are the two favorites right now to be in the gold medal game. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, like, you know, part of it is because, you know, we look at these teams and I think the U S team might not be as good on paper as last year's team was. I know Corey and I have actually had, we've argued about that a little bit. It's like, and, and you I, know, I, argue, I argue they are. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, you know, I think last year they just had more weapons. They had a better decor. Um, you know, there was a little bit, there's 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 a little bit more to it, and they they had a great start in the and we're tournament. About the summer team or the winter yeah the summer team. team the winter team not close sure <laughs> you know, like, right the, the one with yeah. the Nears and Sanderson I agree yeah the, yeah the, exactly. the summer team I mean I, can, I, just I can't think get you, your support on yeah I mean I I'm right but it's either way um so you know the the thing about it is with 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 this U S team um you know that they're like the the quality of the teams basically in this entire tournament there isn't like with the exception of Canada to a certain extent, there isn't one team where you say, well, like they're flawless. They are, they are, they are completely steady, solid. You know what I mean? And you look at like Sweden has great forwards and you got Finland has, you know, uh, something. I'm not sure exactly what they have. This is one of the most weird Finland teams. We'll talk about them later, but you know, like they're there. I just don't think that the other teams in the group in, in the tournament have that, ability to challenge but as we've seen so many times like last year with Czechia beating the U.S. in the in the quarterfinals that you know I I think that uh anything anything really can happen but yeah so I would agree with Corey I think these are the two best teams on paper they have the best you know chance to make it to the gold medal game but you know I I every team every one of these teams has something that could trip them up and you know a lot for a lot of teams it's goaltending that's just that's just the way it is. This is not a strong year for goaltending. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, gentlemen, let's move on here to uh, a couple of the other top teams uh, every year in this tournament. You know, Sweden, 
uh, is a is a threat to to metal. And then this year they're going to bring a, a loaded group of forwards, a lot of a lot of high picks at the forward group. Notably, though, their blue line, they're going to be missing Simon Edvinson. They're a little banged up. I wonder, Chris, like, what's your overall view on this Sweden team and, and what they can accomplish at this tournament? They don't have Jesper Wallstead in net anymore. I mean, how are you looking at this Swedish team coming in? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 definitely they're going to go as far as their forwards can carry them, I feel like. You know, I, I think that they have a decent enough decor, but without Edvinson, without, you know, some of the other guys they have injured right now, it's a really shallow blue line and it's it's they can't necessarily play the style that we expect these Swedish teams to play. Think about the the years where they've had, you know, two, three, four defensemen that they could really rely on. Even last year with 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 Edmondson and Emil Andrea, you know, they don't necessarily have guys like that on this particular team. So that's going to be a challenge for them. Um, but the thing is, is that their forward group is very talented. They've they've got a lot of talent up front with with skill and they've got guys that have played together and have had success together. You know, you have to keep in mind these, 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 uh, the, these two age groups, you know, they knocked off the U S at the U 18s a couple of years ago in the quarterfinals. They also beat the U S at the U 18 world championship last year. So these guys have had, you know, success at the top level. So they, 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 they have that level of expectation. Don't know if the goaltending is going to hold up for them, but you know, I look at guys like Leo Carlson. I look at, you know, obviously Liam Ogren, Noah Oslin, um, uh, Osland, and then also, you know, Lekaramaki and, and so many others, Philip Beastet, they have a lot of different types of players up front that can beat you a bunch of different ways. And so that is going to be their challenge is that they're going to have to have that offensive firepower because I just don't think their blue line is going to be good enough to slow down some of the best teams, but they still, again, they have enough to compete, contend, and they just need to get the saves. They need to hope for a couple stops from their back end. The one thing that they really struggled with in the pre-tournament game against the U.S. was was maintaining possession because the U.S. absolutely trucked them in the possession game. Um, and that was a lot of that to me was because their defensemen had a really hard time getting out of their zone. They had a really hard time moving pucks up to the forwards. If the forwards can't get the puck in their hands, they're not going to have a lot of success. So that's going to be the key for them to figure out. That's reminiscent, though, of how those age groups won those important game teams in the U.S. Though When you walked that gold medal game last spring... Uh, U.S. dominated the game with even strength, but Sweden's yep. power play was better. You look at the way they won even the quarterfinals. I don't think they dominated the U.S. at even strength, but when Lee Sell and, Ro- and, and Rosen were on the power play, they uh, they ha- they did damage. And I think that's going to be a big part. I don't think they have a lot of size. They don't have you know guys who are going to basically you know, knock around the, the U.S. players. Not even U.S., but any you know where the Canadian any team, players, yeah. even the Finns. Um, so I think their power play needs to be rolling. They got the one power play goal, but obviously it was not near to enough as uh, they, they lost 6-1 to one in, in that game. Um, you look at how this team has performed internationally throughout the season at the various tournaments. I've, I've liked to play a Philip Bistet and Leo Carlson. They've meshed really well together. They've been, for me, the driving players for for this U-20 team and at various tournaments during the season, not the year garden trio of Osland, Olger, and Lekaramaki, even though we think they're going to be really important. Um, so I think Beestead and Carlson are going to be kind of some of the key guys for them. And, and But what they really need, in my opinion, is Fabian Liesel and Isaac Rosen to, to step up. Uh, they were, you know, Liesel was good in the summer tournament. Rosen, just okay. Kind of got his ice time cut a little bit. I uh, kind of thought that was the same thing in the game against the U.S. I thought, you know, Lee Sell scored and I thought he was noticeable. Ro- Rosina, I thought, was just okay. But they need those two guys to be impactful, to to medal. Um, I don't think they can rely on the, on those younger kids because those younger kids are not kind of like the U.S. kids where it's where they're top five picks like Kuli Goche, 
who are, are really, really high-end players. I think you know, Oslin, Lekaramaki, Ogren, Bistet, they're very good players, but, but I don't know if they can carry a team to a medal by themselves. Both of you guys brought up Leo Carlson and Corey, you had an article that came out Thursday on the, on the athletic kind of your big questions into this tournament. One of them is, is Leo Carlson in the same conversation as Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli? This feels like his opportunity to kind of prove that he's going to be at the same tournament going head to head with, with these guys. Uh, do you think he's ready to, to, to be that? Well, I guess we'll find out. I thought in that one game we watched him play, I thought he was just okay frankly, but his international games throughout the season have been very impressive. I think like over the entire season, I think he's first or second in scoring for their U20 team. And obviously he's been great in the SHL. And I think he could, like he could have a huge tournament, put up a ton of points, be really impactful in strength, win a ton of battles and, and maybe show people that he could be a, you know, a premier power winger or maybe even a center in the NHL, but he's going to need to prove it. And I would say right now he's not in that group. But we'll see where we are in two weeks. Moving on to Team Finland, Chris. I mean, obviously, I think by now, well-documented. Finland comes correct to international tournaments. At every age group, they are ready to play good structured hockey. They are ready to beat teams that are oftentimes maybe more talented. And that seems like it's going to have to be the recipe for this year's Finland team. I mean, not star-studded prospects necessarily. You got a couple of high picks. Brad Lambert, Joachim Kamel, uh, the young guy Aaron Kiviharju, who we expect to be a high pick soon here. Um, but I wonder... My main question here, I guess, is about Brad Lambert. And when you think about the way Finnish teams tend to succeed at these tournaments, it's in this really disciplined, structured hockey. When you have a guy like Lambert who can be a game breaker, is that something that that's the missing piece and, and the secret to winning, uh, stealing some of these games then? Or is that something that can jeopardize that structured, disciplined game? Because at times he is a player for as, as talented as he is, there can be some head scratchers. Yeah, I would say that for Finland, in the years that they've won this tournament, they've had game-breaking players. They've typically had somebody that was able to break the game for for them. Um, and you know, I think about, like, even, you know, NHL success aside, Rasmus Ristolainen was that one year for them. Yeah. Tevu Teravainen has been that for them in, in years past. Patrick Laine, you know, Capo Kako, guys that have that have been able to play outside of that kind of um, within the team structure, but also have the ability to break the game. So that they not only they, they need Brad Lambert to be to be that because they're they're not going to be looking to him to be the shutdown forward. They're looking right. for him to score the goals, be opportunistic, and 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 to, to drive play for them a little bit. And and you know you go back to last summer and they couldn't they couldn't trust him. They couldn't trust him, and then they couldn't use him. And then you know he, he ends up out of the lineup. So. I think that he's the kind of guy where where he's going to have to be a, a important. But as you're you're exactly right, Finland wins because of the team game that they play. They win games in the neutral zone. They win games between the faceoff dots. They make it really difficult to get to the interior. But this year they're not that big, especially on the back end. They don't have a ton of size back there. They don't have a guys that, that are the big time stoppers. They're going to be leaning on guys like Aaron Kiviharju, Alexia Hamosalmi, you know, different guys to try and move pucks, get it up to the forwards, try to transition, do all those things, get, you know, to be fine. Um, the question is, you know, do guys like Kamel and Lambert have enough to, is that enough for them to do it? They they have other guys too, like Vili Koivin, and he should go into this tournament with pretty high expectations to Kapanen. make a significant habit. Yep, Kapanen again. You know, the guys that guys that can fit into a role, they can play a versatile game, they can help you in a lot of different ways. That's what Finland typically is going to, that's how they're typically going to win. 
But if they if they're going to contend with the top teams and that, you know, they're, they're going to get a great test on New Year's Eve against the U.S. when the games matter and the games count, um, they're going to have to have guys that can be opportunistic and take advantage. You know, they, they're, they're often very good at pouncing on mistakes. And we talk about a team like the U.S. where they have to have a decor that's heavily engaged in the offense. You have to make them pay when they make a bad pass. You have to make them pay when they're on the when they're on the power play and different things like that. So I'm um, going to be fascinating to see, you know, like. Like, as I mentioned earlier, like, I, I just don't know what to make of this Finnish team. I look at them and they're kind of this, this, uh, just ball of unmolded clay. And I'm like, what are they? What are they supposed to be? And, uh, I bet the coaching staff is wondering the same thing right now. I mean, Brad Lambert kind of has like a heckle and jide element to oh, yeah. his game. And you saw the one end of it in the summer where he basically drove himself into the bench. Um, but then you saw the other end of it. Six months prior in the winter yeah. tournament, where he looked like he was going to be a rock star, and he yeah. was he was carrying that team as a draft eligible, and even the season before the 16th, when he was a you know an underage at the tournament, he was he was awesome. awesome. Yeah, and then you saw kind of the pre-tournament game against the U.S. It was more of like that that version you, you don't like seeing. He looks really pretty when he's skating the puck up the ice, and then you don't really notice him otherwise. Uh, but it, um, this Finnish team, even though it's not as star-studded as, say, you know, Canada, USA, even Sweden, uh, they played Sweden in the November under 23 nations, and they had almost it was almost the exact same rosters. Sweden was missing Rosen and Liesel, and Finland was missing Lambert, and Finland rolled them. It was I think six to one, and the game didn't even look close. Uh, and so this this team has enough talent to compete, and you know I would have probably described. The Finnish team from last summer in the same way, like yeah. Yeah, two Ratu is a good is a good prospect. They had you know obviously Lambert and Kamel played excellent there uh, last summer, but I wouldn't call that a star studded roster by any means. But yeah, there they are in the gold medal game, and they came close to winning that gold medal game. They 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 pushed Canada right to the break there. I mean, to the goal line, <laughs> yeah, basically right to the goal line, literally to the goal line. So yeah, but I and that's the thing is like. They'll, Finland will just come in with 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 low expectations from us on the outside, and then they'll just outperform them. That's just what they do. So, but I think this year will be tougher than than most of those other years. I also do think at a tournament where where it seems like for every team we're harping on questions in net, Finland's recipe seems especially tough to execute without like a, a rock in net. Right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I don't think they have that. I think actually, I prefer Sweden's goalie situation to, to Finland's. At least Carl yeah. Lindbaum has had some success in the Svenskan level this year. He's not the biggest or super athletic, so I don't know how he's going to do against you know some of the high end shooters in this level. But I think he's you know a little bit better situated than Ask Aku Koskin Vuo, who I think he's got two starts this yeah. season. Yeah, in, in Harvard, like he's not he's barely playing right now, and he's a nice, talented, big goalie, but. I'm not saying he's the solution in net by any means. I think that's a kind of a theme you're seeing throughout the tournament right now. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If I told you guys that there was going to be a team in this field, not USA, Canada, Sweden, Finland, who is going to make the Final Four, possibly medal. Chris, who is that team? I think it's Czechia. I mean, you know, I, I actually like, I, I look at Czechia and I feel like they're a better team on paper than Finland right now. Um, I think they have a little bit more. The big thing that I really like about Czechia is I think they've got a really good back end. I think led by David Juracek, who's probably going to play a ton of minutes. Stanislav Svozil has, has got a lot of international experience. He's played with Regina this year. Um, you know, I like him. You've got other guys like Thomas Homera. Um, you know, David Spotcheck. So their, their blue line is actually pretty solid. Like I, I, I like their group. All sure is going to be a good player for them yeah. at this level too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean like they're, they have, so they have, you know, like basically five, six defensemen where you're like, yeah, I could trust them. And I would put them out there against, you know, most guys in this tournament or most teams against this tournament. We probably haven't talked about how good David Yurchek has been this season enough like that. He yeah. is, he's killing it right now in the American league at a point per game, 18 year old defenseman right now. Yeah, it's been remarkable. And I mean, I've all, you and I were obviously really high on him in his draft year. We liked the whole package that he has. He's got the size. He's got offensive ability. He's putting it all together this year. And I think he's going to play a ton. I don't know if we could backpack ourselves on the sixth overall pick. No, but we both liked him. That's all yes, I'm saying. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, like, but you know, and I, I, I think that, yeah, obviously he's, I'm not trying to pat us on the backs for, for liking him. He's, he's a very likable player, but, but I would say is, uh, you know, to have a guy like that on the back end that you, you could say, Hey, we can put him out there for 25 minutes. We can get him up against the top, top defense or the top offensive lines. We can put him on our power play. He's got a, you know, a lot of weapons, uh, with that big shot of his as well. Like there's so much to like about that. And sure. so when you have players like that, it helps. But it's not just about the decor. They also have a really good forward group. You know, Yuri Kulich has been really good in the AHL this year. Edward Shala is a top end draft pick for this year. Um, with with good international experience. You know, there's there's a number of really good players on this group. So Paul Valiv, I think, is gonna yeah. be a real good, really good player for them at this level, big skilled centerman. Um, you know, you kind of saw at the U18s last spring what him and Shala and Coolidge can do together. I think you're going to see them do a lot of damage at this tournament. I mean, Coolidge as well, just like I mentioned with Juracek, really good in the American League as an 18-year-old. I mean, he's been a leading player for Rochester. And uh, you look at their three first-round pick, Buffalo's three first-round picks from that draft, where it was Matthew Savoy, Noah Oslin, and then the third one was Yuri Coolidge. I'm not so sure he'd be the third, the third of the three picked if you redo that draft right now. Uh, he's had an awesome season. And in a tournament where goaltending is a question, I mean, they have a, a goalie who we have seen steal a game on the international stage in, in Tomas Sahanek. So it's there, there is kind of some recipe here for for what you want to see of, a, of an ascending team, I guess, at this tournament. I want to key in on Shala, though, really quick, Corey, because I, you know, we, we've talked about some of the draft eligibles at, at this event. Um, I, I'm curious, where, where does he fit into kind of how the first round is shaping up right now? He enters the year as kind of a consensus top 10 guy. Is he still hanging around in that neighborhood in the neighborhood, but not locked in there. He started off really well to the season. He, the last month or two, he's kind of cooled off over there in the Czech pro league. Obviously it's playing versus men. So you don't want to hold that against him too much. How he does versus his age group being at the upcoming U18 world or, or at this world juniors will be maybe more relevant information 
I still think his toolkit's really unique. Big winger who can skate, very skilled, makes plays, uh, a lot to like. I'm not sure. He, his stock hasn't really, I would say, elevated, though, this season. His Holinka Gretzky was good, but it wasn't great. Uh, his overall season with his club team, good, but but not great. So I think this World Juniors can be a re- really important for him. If he elevates, maybe changes the discussion a little bit. If it isn't, maybe he starts floating to the outside end of that top 10. The other team that I, I wondered if either of you would, would bring up in the com- in the you know conversation of who can knock somebody off is obviously Slovakia. And, and they're a nation that's had a lot of hockey successes recently, right? Having the top two uh, picks in the most recent draft. Obviously, Yuri Slavkovsky uh, won't be there. Um, but still a, a really talented age group and age range for, for, for Slovakia. You know, you look at Simon Nemec, you look at Philip Meshar, uh, another draft eligible Dalibor Dvorsky uh, could be a, a big part of this group. How do you see Slovakia, Chris, and in, in, in how that could factor into this tournament? Yeah, you know, I think that they've got a lot of weapons, which is great. You know, you you have to have more than one guy. Now, I would have loved, I would love their chances if they had Uri Slavkovsky, uh, but, you know, he's uh, busy right now, it turns out. Um, so, you know, I think having having key players in key positions is obviously always going to be important. Simon Nemec is being the guy that, that that can play big time minutes for them. That's played at the Olympics. He's played at the World Championships. He's played in the World Juniors. He's got all of that experience that is going to help a lot, and he's going to be the guy that they're looking to. All those young guys on that team are going to be looking to him to to kind of take over. And um, but the other thing is is that these guys have have experienced that success, having a, a good run at the Holinka Gretzky a couple of years ago. Having, you know, knowing that they've had some guys in their in their group that has been part of like Adam Sikori, even as a, as a part of uh, of um, uh, their team who, who played in the world championship different. You know, they've, they've, they've got guys that they can look to that have done pretty special things, um, which I think is really important for them, for the psyche of the team and for the belief that they can contend, um, you know, being on the side with with USA and Finland um, is really an opportunity for them because I think that they they have a chance they have a reason to expect that they can contend against those teams if they get the goaltending and things like that. So, um, but you know, I'll leave I'll leave Corey to talk to the forwards because there are there are a lot like in Dvorsky is going to be so important. Like he needs to be a yeah. big time player for them to have success. And and so and if he doesn't do that, you know, how do how do we uh, how do we kind of look at that in in the in the grand scheme of the draft conversation? But at the same time, like it, he doesn't really have a choice. Slovakia needs him to be that good. So, uh, but but yeah, but I mean, I think this team has enough talent to at least threaten. I don't think they have the depth overall to really like threaten the same way that Czechia does. But there's there's reason to believe that if you're not prepared to play against this team, they're gonna they're gonna get you. Yeah, yeah, and, and their pre-tournament had, didn't go so well. They right. lost five nothing to Germany, but they didn't really ice their big players. In that game, when they did ice their big players against Canada, they they skated with them with about 10, 15 minutes before <laughs> the walls caved in a little there. You know, their big players weren't that good. I didn't really notice Zaborski that much. I didn't notice Simon Nemec for many positive reasons, to be quite honest, outside the first five, 10 minutes. Uh, but again, it is Canada, so you don't want to kill them t- too much. Um, I, I Again, I think Dvorsky is going to be really important, especially to their power play. But, you know, I think... Just looking at the players right now, I don't even know if he's the best draft eligible on Slovakia. I think Samuel Hanzik is, is really coming along mm. there. And I and I think he's a guy who I think both of their draft stocks can be really impacted by how they play at this tournament. Uh different kind of players. Dvorsky, a power play, skill driven, you know, 
big shot, you know, can make, you know, move the puck around, that kind of guy. Whereas Hansik's the more traditional 6'4 guy who can skate and is showing a lot of offense in the WHL right now. I think those are guys whose stock can be really impacted. And I'm really interested to see how Philip Meshar, the Montreal first round pick, plays at this tournament. I, from my observation, talking to scouts, personally haven't loved him in the OHL this season. You know, he's scoring, but for what he is, he's an offensive guy. I expected a little bit more. Still his first year in North America, so you don't want to kill a guy too much. But this is an opportunity for him to elevate, have the puck a lot, be the be the, the go-to guy on the power play, uh, at least on the forefront along with Simon Nemec, and and really make some uh, a, a dent. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how his tournament goes. A couple more players I want to ask you guys about. Uh, a couple defensemen from from countries who we don't expect to be major factors at, at the in the meddling at this event. Um, but David Reinbacher, one of the uh, top defensemen, maybe the top defenseman, Corey in the twenty twenty three draft, and Leon Bischel, who who obviously worked his way into being a top half of the first round pick uh, this past season. What do we expect to see out of these two defensemen? What's reasonable to see out of two defensemen on teams that maybe aren't going to be built to to dominate play? I mean, you kind of saw that with Marco Casper last year, right? Where he was a top 10 pick, excellent in the SHL, excellent at the World Championships. Um, but he went on into this tournament for, for Austria, and I thought he was he was just okay. Like, he didn't really he do much because there isn't much of a supporting cast. And, and coincidentally, he's not going to be at this World Junior either after after the Austria elected to, to, to not send him and have him focus on being with, with the national team. Um, so I think, you know, for a young defenseman, Reinbacher is just, it's going to be tough to keep his head above water, but I think you're just hoping to see things with his skating and his puck moving, see signs that could translate to higher levels. And, you know, I think your the goal for those, those teams, and it's interesting to say with Switzerland, I mean, the goal is not get relegated right now. And I think for whether they attain that or not, I think will be success in this tournament. Um, and, and Bischel, his season's been just okay. I, I, you know, you obviously love the athlete. He's big. He can really skate. He's really fit, strong and physical. Um, I thought versus Canada, he didn't really do much. And again, it is Canada, and, and I, I'm not expecting him to be, you know, a top scorer and 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 drive the game. But I thought he was just okay. So I'll be curious to see if he can kind of turn it around when the real games get started. All right, guys, you knew this part was coming. It's time for our uh, predictions for the tournament. Uh, give me your, your three medalists, and let's get, let's get an all-tournament team in there, too. Oh, boy. Okay. I want Corey to go first, because I feel like I, I'm going to just be contrarian either way. So, um. <laughs> Canada over U.S. in the gold medal game. And I think Finland walks away with the bronze. Even though I think Always they're not they're, they're not the third best team on paper, may not even be the f- the fourth best team on paper. Yeah, no, I I I think that's totally uh, totally fair. Um, I wanted you. I knew I knew you were going to pick Canada um, because I think that's the correct pick. Um, but I'll go with USA uh, because <laughs> because uh, like watch. I'm just waiting to see if. If Caden Barico has a tournament for the ages and uh, you know steals the steals the gold medal right off of of Canada's neck, um, you know I, I would say, I, I'll I'll say that with Canada being you know I think they are the best team on paper and it's going to take an, an almost perfect game plan to beat them if the U.S. is going to do it. Um, so I'm going to be contrarian and give us a little bit of uh, of, of intrigue here just because 
I'll be fat. I, I just can't wait to see how that game plays out because you've got Canada with their gigantic decor and USA with their minuscule decor. And it's like, which, which, which side works. And I mean, that, you know, normally, you know, if, if so it, it could be a victory for the small and, and I'm not a large person, so I, I will root for the little guy, I suppose. But yeah. So I'll say USA, Canada, and then I'm going to go with the checks. I, I, I have a lot of faith in this Czech team. I've liked the way that they've played. Um, they need to get the goaltending. Thomas Suhanek is, you know, he, he's hit or miss. Um, he was a big hit against the U.S., but I think that, you know, they've got the, they've got the group to do it. And then I guess uh, all tournament team. I mean, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard are going to be on it, aren't they, Corey? Probably, but I, I mean, Logan Cooley could be on it, too. Very true. Well, they only go by forwards for the all tournament team, so we don't necessarily have to go position by position. I, I mean, I think those three are on it. I don't know. Could I see one of those three not be on it and maybe Logan Stankoen makes it? I I could see that happen. Yeah, I could see that too. And I, I think, you know, in terms, like, f- for the goalie, I have no, like, I, I don't know what you, I don't know how you predict it. Yeah, it yeah, is throwing a dart. I think the people at home have a better idea than we do in terms of who the goalie of the tournament is going to be. Yeah, I think so. I'll just say Embarico because I, I'll yeah, say Embarico because I predicted that he's going to, uh, uh, steal a game from somebody here. Could, Dylan, could you see a, time, a way where Dylan Genther gets on there? I mean, he is for sure the, the only full-time NHL forward in this tournament right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. And and you know, being kind of the focal point of that second line there, you know, it it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, that the Canada's he, he, top he, six is so But he is running so a flank on the top power play. Yeah, so that there you go. Then you get the minutes on top of it. So, um, yeah, and then as far as as far as the decor goes, I mean, I just think that Luke Hughes. If he's not one of the best defensemen in the tournament, the U.S. isn't going to have a chance. So, right. um, I think something's Luke, gone really wrong. Yeah, yeah. Luke Hughes um, would be in that mix. And then, you know, I, the debate is which of Canada's, you know, is it Zellweger? You know, Clark. I think you're a Czech. Clark, you know, there's a lot of guys that are that are in there. So, Nemich, um, let's maybe. say, yeah, yeah, Nemec, you know, like if, if, the, if the Czechs are in the, in the final four, it'll be because David Juracek had a heck of a tournament. So, I'll, I'll, I'll 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 go ahead and like give my five uh skaters and then we'll just say Embarico. But I'd say yeah, Cooley, Wright, Bedard, Hughes, Juracek, Embarico. I'm gonna say Cooley, Bedard, Stankoven. Ooh. And I'm gonna say Hughes, Clark, and then a goaltender who the hell knows. Uh, I'm gonna say Thomas Millich. <laughs> oh wow, wow! So he's got to start too. That that, could, that that's C. Corey and I are what? gonna have different goalies from the same team for all tournaments. Because <laughs> I'm gonna go Gaudreau. I'm gonna go Cooley, Genther, Stankovin, Juracek, Zellweger, Canada. I'm buying the Czechia hype, Chris, with you. Czechia two in the silver and the U.S. for for bronze. Ooh, wow. I love it, Max. I love when you when you bring the heat on your predictions, and that was there's that no was, risk for me. No one expects hot. anything of me, so yeah. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and I just basically just said whatever. I'm just going because I want to be opposite of Corey. So take that for what you will, hockey fans. Don't bet my picks, though. <laughs> <laughs> never, never bet. I'm <laughs> the world surprised. When, I'm surprised when I hear about like the world junior pools that go on. And all the kind, the kind of gambling that goes on under, with with this tournament, I would not imagine this was to be like a gambling event. But I people will find anything. Yeah, right. exactly. It, it's 2022. 
everything is a bet now. So Absolutely. Bet responsibly, people. As long as I don't turn on the TV and see a DraftKings promoting who's going to score the first goal in the World Juniors. Oh, like buddy, you might. You <laughs> might. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Athletic Hockey Show's Prospect Series. You can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show. You can catch more of Chris over at Flow Hockey at his podcast, Talking Hockey Sense. And right now you can get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. We'll talk to you soon.